This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include strong language, mature themes, futinari, women with penises, male-female sex, female-female sex, group sex, including oral sex and double penetration, erotic transformations, and corruption and mind alteration. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is episode 242. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm your host, Chris Lester. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorecity.com. This is the show where I share my fiction with you, fresh off the writing desk. I'll also tell you the latest on my writing endeavors. But first, let's get to this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 15 of my Metamore City erotic fantasy, Homecoming. If you're new to the show, don't start here. Go back to Episode 228 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. Kate and John have been recruited by Kate's stepfather to help solve a small-town mystery. One of Sam's students, Chase Tomley, fell prey to a mysterious illness last spring, which postponed his graduation from high school. Even now, he suffers from intermittent bouts of unexplained fatigue and blinding headaches. At first, they suspected that a magical curse was to blame, but once John met Chase, he realized the truth. Chase is an incubus who hasn't had his metamorphosis. Incubi and succubi are daedra human hybrids. They need to have sex in order to complete their transformation. And for whatever reason, Chase hasn't been doing it. His human side seems to be completely closed off to the idea of sexual pleasure. And it's literally killing him. John and Kate want to help Chase, to make his transition into daedrahood less traumatic than John's was. At the moment, though, another person has caught their eye. Chase's best friend since childhood, Emily Bell. A junior at St. Marais College, Emily is back home for the Metacama holiday, just like Kate is. Pretty, personable, adventurous, and positively sparkling with life mana, Emily is everything an incubus or succubus wants in a partner, and she has shown herself to be very receptive to Suspira's essence. Kate and John both flirt with Emily, letting her know that if she wants to have some fun with them, they are more than willing to make that happen. Afterward, Kate once again struggles with the desires that have come with her infernal transformation. As a precautionary measure, she buys a male birth control amulet, which will keep her from impregnating Emily if they end up having sex with her. But is it even okay for her to be doing this? Seducing a college student? It's not something she had ever pictured herself doing before. John points out that the key issue here is not age, but influence. Emily is very open to Suspira's essence, and that makes her highly suggestible. If Kate hits her with essence again, she will probably do anything Kate wants her to do, 
and even believed that it was her idea. If Kate wants to be sure that Emily's brain is on board with her libido, then she should take a page from Morgan's playbook and get clear, unambiguous consent ahead of time. Kate should talk to Emily honestly, to figure out their feelings and negotiate boundaries before the clothes start coming off. Kate agrees and asks John to help her make good choices. If he can be a good person with this power inside her, then so can she. At Emily's invitation, Kate and John make their way to a late-night house party. Chase is also there, though this very clearly isn't his scene. While Kate and Emily talk in private, John and Chase sit at the edge of the dance floor, drinking non-alcoholic soda and watching the crowd. Chase tells John that he mostly came to the party to look out for Emily, who has a history of risky behavior at such events. Chase is approached by a student from a neighboring school, Janet Vickers, the tall, elegant captain of the Littlefield Skyball team. Earlier tonight, Chase's team beat Janet's at the homecoming game, but Janet was clearly the best player on the court. There is an obvious spark of attraction between them, but just as obviously, Chase has no idea how to act on it. After John promises that he and Kate will keep Emily safe, Chase gets up the courage to ask Janet for a dance. John sends Janet a bit of Suspira's essence to nudge her into a more amorous state of mind. The ball is in Chase's zone now. If dancing with a pretty girl doesn't make him want to have sex, John doesn't know what more he can do for him. Homecoming, A Tale of Metamore City Written and read by Chris Lester Chapter 15 Back in the kitchen, the sliding door opened, and Kate and Emily slipped inside. They were holding hands and smiling conspiratorially to each other. Kate winked at John, and they left the kitchen by a narrow hallway that ran along the back of the house. John followed, and found them waiting for him near the bathroom. For the moment, there was no one else within earshot. Kate's voice came out as a seductive purr. John, Emily and I were just going to find some place more private. Would you like to join us? John's cock throbbed. He smiled hungrily. That sounds like a lovely idea. He turned his gaze on Emily. As long as I won't be intruding. Emily's skin flushed, but she reached out and ran her free hand down his upper arm. Her pupils were wide with desire, and her aura was already open. John probably could have fed on her with little more than a kiss. Hells no, she breathed. There's plenty of me to go around. John stepped in closer then slipping one arm around each of them. He bent down and kissed Emily gently on the lips, then exchanged a deeper kiss with Kate. She growled against his mouth and slipped a hand down between them to caress his cock. He twitched and grew even harder under her touch. Upstairs, John suggested. Let's, Kate said. They made their way back to the foyer past the clusters of people on the stairs, and up to the second floor. The house had evidently been built and furnished with a large family in mind, and there were plenty of bedrooms. A couple of them were already occupied, 
judging from the closed doors with articles of clothing hanging from the handles, but they found an empty room near the front left corner of the house, roughly above the dining room. The sound of thudding music vibrated through the floors, but it was muffled enough that John didn't think it would spoil the mood. The bed was only a queen, which was a little small for three people, but that was all right. He'd made do with less. Emily started disrobing the moment they were inside. She kicked off her shoes, pulled off her socks, dropped her pants and panties, and shucked out of her sweater and sports bra, all in a matter of seconds. John took a moment to savor the lines of her taut, athletic body. Well-toned arms and shoulders, pert little breasts with small, pink areoli and erect nipples, muscular abs flowing smoothly down to a neatly trimmed mound between broad, sensual hips, short but powerful legs. Emily sat back on the edge of the bed, spread her legs in front of her, and looked up at Kate and John with a hungry, excited expression. "'Okay, I showed you mine,' she said. "'Now come on, I want to see this.' She waved her hand in a get-on-with-it gesture. Kate laughed. "'You aren't even a little bit shy, are you?' "'Not for something like this, I'm not,' Emily said. "'How often am I going to get it on with a succubus? Or an incubus?' John glanced aside at Kate. "'Full disclosure?' bold move. Kate shrugged. I trust Morgan's advice over Jasmine's. Fair. John picked up one of Emily's socks, put it on the door handle, and closed the door, flicking the privacy lock shut. Kate dismissed the glamour that altered her skin tone, letting it change from golden pale to deep red. She took off her hat, revealing her horns, then drew her tail out of the hidden pocket in her jacket lining. She turned sideways to Emily and stuck out her rear, waving the tail for her in demonstration. As she did so, her aura opened, and a pulse of essence radiated out from her in all directions. Kate wasn't holding back now, and the energy manifested itself visibly. Shadows deepened around her, and a wave of crimson smoke rolled through the room. Emily moaned as it flowed through her, and immediately her hand went between her legs. She ran her fingers up and down her folds, which were already slick with arousal, then back up to circle her clit. Now John dropped his own human disguise, letting his horns come out as his skin returned to its natural brick-red hue. He took off his shoes and jeans, then let his tail grow out as well, pushing aside the elastic band of his underwear. He stepped up in front of Kate, took her head in both hands, and kissed her deeply. Their tails found one another and intertwined, the spade-shaped tips rubbing against each other in delicious sensation. John let out a wave of his own power, his essence filling the room and mingling with Kate's. Some of it was absorbed by Kate's aura, and she moaned against his mouth. "'Oh, wow,' Emily murmured. Her breath was already coming out ragged with her arousal. Kate grabbed John's shirt and started pulling it off of him, almost ripping off the buttons in the process. With considerably more care, John took off Kate's jacket, sweater, undershirt, and bra, laying them neatly over the back of an office chair. While he did so, Kate took off her own shoes, socks, and pants. Her cock sprang free as soon as she pulled the pants down, its massive girth already mostly erect. Emily gasped.
Oh my god, she said, her eyes widening to roughly the size of dinner plates. You weren't kidding. Fuck, let me see that thing. Kate obligingly stepped forward between the younger woman's legs, putting the phallus right in front of her wondering face. Emily cradled it in one hand, stroked the fingers of her other hand over the foreskin, then lifted it to look at the folds of the pussy underneath. So this is basically your clit? Emily asked, as she wrapped her fingers around the cock. It was so thick that her middle finger and thumb didn't even touch. It mm, seems that way, Kate agreed. Her voice went a little shaky as Emily slowly stroked her shaft. But uh, it shoots cum, too, so... Oh, Prophet knows what's going on in there. Maybe I've got a, a pair of balls tucked away somewhere I can't feel them. Wild. Emily continued pumping Kate with one hand, and reached up with the other to probe inside her pussy. So does it still feel good when I do this? She did something John couldn't see, but he guessed she was curling her fingers to touch Kate's G-spot. Kate sucked in a breath, and her whole body shuddered. Emily giggled. I guess that's a yes. John removed his boxers, freeing his own growing erection. He stepped up behind Kate and wrapped his arms around her, reaching up to cup her breasts in both hands. His cock rubbed against the base of her tail, and she curled its warm, muscular flesh around his shaft, gripping him with impressive strength. She leaned back against him, craned her neck and found his mouth with hers, kissed him deeply. Emily moved her hand to the base of Kate's cock. She leaned forward, kissed the tip, then licked it like a popsicle, long and sweeping strokes of her tongue from the base to the tip. Kate stopped kissing John long enough to let out a happy sigh. Oh, fuck, Emily, that's good. Emily grinned. Yeah? If you think that's good. She wrapped her lips around the phallus, taking its head into her mouth. John saw her cheeks cave inward as she sucked, then slowly pressed forward, drawing more of the massive length inside her. Kate arched her back and moaned. John squeezed her breasts and pinched her nipples, adding to her pleasure. Kate buried her hands in Emily's hair, curled her fingers to caress the back of her scalp. Emily stroked the shaft of the cock with her slender hand, getting its whole length wet with her saliva. She looked up, waited for Kate to meet her eyes, then slowly drew back her head. The cock's head came free from her lips with an audible pop. "'You like?' she asked, smiling impishly. In answer, Kate's fingers curled into fists in Emily's hair, pulling her head back. Kate crouched down and kissed her fiercely, then pushed her back onto the bed and climbed on top of her. Kate's aura was streaming with power now, sending out essence in all directions— a silent call to anyone around her to give themselves over to the will of Suspira, to the giving and receiving of pleasure. Emily needed no such encouragement. She and Kate entwined in a tangle of limbs, caressing and kissing every bit of flesh they could reach. Kate rolled over onto her back, carrying Emily with her. She looked up at John, who was still standing at the foot of the bed. She smiled. I think there's someone we're leaving out. John stroked his cock, 
admiring the vision of these two beautiful women enjoying each other. Just waiting for an invitation. Emily grinned over her shoulder at him. You've got it, stud. Get in here. I want you both to fuck me. John climbed onto the bed, straddling Kate's legs behind Emily. The younger woman half-turned and kissed him, and he put his arms around her, cupping a breast in one hand while fingering her clit with the other. Her vulva was hot to the touch and soaking wet. Emily broke the kiss, met his eyes. Put her inside me, she said seriously. Then I want you to fuck my ass. The request surprised John. Have you done that before? What, anal? Sure, Emily said, unabashed. I've never taken two cocks at once, but I always wanted to try it. John laughed, genuinely delighted. You would make an excellent hedonist. Emily's dark eyes sparkled. Why, thank you. Now, why aren't you two fucking me already? God damn, that's hot, Kate panted. Ready when you are, babe. Just a second. John went back to Kate's pile of clothes, found a condom in the pocket of her coat, and returned to his place on the bed. He reached down and grabbed hold of Kate's cock. He stroked it a few times, but she was fully hard and ready to go. Emily raised her hips off the bed, and slowly and carefully, John guided the cock inside her. It was a lot for her to take, and Emily groaned as her body stretched around its girth. After a moment, though, her breathing eased, and she slowly raised and lowered herself several times, making small adjustments to the angle between them. Okay, that's good, she said, her voice quavering just a little with the enormity of the sensations. She looked down at Kate. Kate, you good? Oh, fuck yes, Kate agreed. She held Emily's waist in both hands, and arched her hips in time with Emily's movements, pressing even more deeply inside her. While keeping Kate inside her, Emily leaned forward a little, exposing her ass to John. She looked back over her shoulder and nodded to him. Okay, lube me up. John rolled on the condom, then concentrated on his tail, letting its natural lubricant begin to flow. He rubbed it over the length of his erection, coating himself in its juices, then ran the tail's head up and down Emily's ass crack, laying down a thick layer of the clear, viscous fluid. He pressed the tip of the tail into her sphincter, adding more lubricant just inside the first ring of muscle. Emily squirmed and giggled at the sensation. Feels weird, doesn't it? Kate said, grinning up at her. Weird, but good, Emily agreed. Let's do this. All right. John said. Here we go. Slowly, carefully, he guided his cock inside her. She was relaxed, and the muscles opened for him with little resistance. Obviously, she hadn't been lying about doing anal before. He pushed half his length inside her, then stopped. How we doing, ladies? Oh, wow, that's crazy, Kate said, in a wondering voice. I can feel your cock rubbing against me through the wall. That's part of the fun, John said, grinning down at her. Emily, all good? Emily looked back over her shoulder and met his gaze. Her eyes were wide and dilated, her mouth open in a little O, and her chest was heaving with slow, heavy breaths. She seemed to be having trouble forming words. John frowned and leaned in a little closer. 
Emily, thumbs up or thumbs down? Emily raised one trembling hand. With obvious concentration, she formed it into a thumbs-up gesture. Just a lot of sensation at once, Kate guessed. Emily nodded. All right, John said. We're going to take this slow, okay? If it gets to be too much, just hold up a hand and we'll stop. Got it, Emily said. Her voice seemed to have gone up an octave. John put his hands atop Kate's, on either side of Emily's waist. He gently lifted her upward and forward, drawing her up the length of Kate's penis. At the same time, he moved his own body with Emily's, minimizing the relative motion between them. (sighs) The sound came out of Emily in a long, slow exhalation of breath. John leaned into her as they moved, the skin of her back hot against his chest. He kissed the side of her neck, felt her quickening pulse on his lips. You're doing great, he murmured. He pressed down, and they reversed the movement, while Kate simultaneously lifted her hips, thrusting back inside her. Kate's eyes fluttered closed, a look of rapture spreading across her face as she filled Emily to the hilt. Oh, god damn, she sighed. John grinned over Emily's shoulder at her. Having fun down there? Kate nodded dreamily. She reached up and fondled Emily's breasts, watching her through half-lidded eyes. Emily gazed back down at her, and the heat of her desire could have melted lead. They repeated the maneuver several more times, making slow, deep thrusts in and out of Emily's pussy, while John remained a still and steady presence inside her ass. John felt Kate's cock rubbing against his as they moved, separated only by a thin layer of tissue. It was a unique sensation, and one he always enjoyed, but the fact he was sharing it with Kate made it even more special. As they grew comfortable with the rhythm between them, John began to move inside Emily. Small, circular motions at first, then slowly drawing out until only his head remained inside her. He added more lubricant from his tail glands, then pushed back in. The sphincter muscles had relaxed more fully now, and the walls of her inner passage were straightened and properly aligned. Now, slowly and carefully, he began to thrust inside her. Oh, my God! Emily cried, her whole body shaking with orgasm, as John and Kate's penises pistoned in and out of her in unison. Her aura was fully open now, offering its life energy to them. The core of divine power inside John growled with hunger, but he held it back, wanting to prolong the experience. And to his surprise, Kate restrained hers as well. Their auras radiated out around them, intermingling with one another and spreading essence in all directions, but they did not feed on Emily. Not yet. The young woman rode them through the waves of climax, panting and shuddering, but she never signaled for them to stop. As the orgasm subsided, she leaned forward and braced herself with both hands on Kate's shoulders. Her fingers gripped so tightly that Kate's red-toned skin turned pale pink under the pressure. After a minute or so, she started moving actively with them, her hips rocking back and forth, slamming back into Kate's pelvis with each of Kate's upward thrusts, and even pushing John's cock most of the way inside her. 
John tried to control the pace, to keep it slow and steady, but Emily wanted it fast and hard, and Kate was more than willing to oblige. John kept the lube flowing and let the women set the pace. Oh, Emily groaned as the flood of sensation overwhelmed her. She gritted her teeth and squeezed her eyes shut as her cries became a chant that punctuated every thrust. Fuck! 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 Oh, my God! Oh, my God! John and Kate were both moaning along with her now, driven to the brink by Emily's profane litany and the feeling of their cocks rubbing past each other inside her. Emily came hard, her cries stretching into a long scream that echoed off the walls of the little bedroom, and they followed her like a chain reaction. First Kate, arching her back and digging her fingernails into Emily's hips, and then John, who wrapped his arms around Emily's waist and held her as his cock pulsed and spent itself inside her. As they climaxed, their control over the hunger inside them weakened, and Suspira's essence reached out to feed. Life mana flowed into John and Kate in a rush, from Emily, and to John's surprise, from others in the house around them. Apparently, there were a lot of people at the party who were also enjoying each other's bodies at the moment. The power flowed into John like a river, if each separate current and eddy of a river could have its own unique light, scent, flavor, and texture. It was like listening to a symphony and eating a twenty-course tasting menu and studying an intricate tapestry, and it was deeper and richer than all of those things. And even through this delirious, cacophonous haze of sensation, John remained aware of his partners. Emily, coming harder than she ever had in her young life, her nerve endings alight with the narcotic thrill of being fed upon, and Kate, who had only ever fed on a single person before, overwhelmed as she took in the lustful energy of an entire houseful of vibrant young people. They remained frozen there together for a long moment, a tableau of ecstasy, as the feast of life energy replenished all the power John and Kate had expended in the last day and a half, and then a good deal more besides. Emily's own energy was an important contributor, but there was so much other life mana available that John and Kate both ate their fill without any risk of harming her. Normally, John could only eat like this during religious services at the Church of Hedonism, and after a while, all the celebrants started to taste the same. Feeding in the wild gave him more variety, more diversity of flavors and experiences, but usually at the cost of having to restrain himself. Suspira bless horny adolescence, he thought. The feeding ended, and John and Kate's divine spark withdrew inside them curling up to digest its enormous meal. John slowly pulled himself free from Emily's body, giving her muscles time to relax and ease his passage, then carefully removed the condom and set it in the wastebasket. Emily climbed off of Kate and nestled down against her side, her head pillowed on Kate's chest. Kate put an arm around her and held her close, her eyes half-lidded, a blissful smile on her lips. John lay down behind Emily, his chest against her back, and draped his arm over both women. His hand traced light, lazy caresses over Kate's belly, through her neatly trimmed thatch of pubic hair, and around the base of her cock, 
then ran over Emily's body in reverse, starting at the crease of her leg and running all the way up to fondle her little breasts. That was amazing, Emily said at last. She spoke in a hushed tone, as if she could hardly believe what they had just done. Kate let out a soft chuckle and ran her hand down to cup Emily's buttocks. It was for me too, sweetie. Times like this make me so glad I have an eidetic memory. I'm gonna savor this one. Lucky, Emily said, enviously. Yes, I am, Kate agreed, and kissed her. Emily seemed to be mollified by this. She tilted her head back and caught John's eye. I am gonna see you guys again, right? Tomorrow morning, John agreed, deadpan. I believe there was some talk of breakfast. Emily mock glared at him. You know what I mean. Are you coming back to Bridger? Because you can't blow a girl's mind like that and then just vanish on me. That was the sort of question that used to make John uneasy. Incubi tended to avoid emotional attachments, and there were some people who became so overwhelmed by the experience of being fed on that they mistook it for love. John didn't think that was likely here, given Emily's personality, but he'd misjudged people before. The smart thing to do was to be non-committal, to leave the door open for further adventures, but not create an expectation of any long-term arrangements. On the other hand, John's recent experiences had taught him that emotional attachments weren't something to be afraid of. True, Emily was young, but John was effectively immortal. If he was going to stay connected to the world, he would have to get used to making friends who were a lot younger than he was. We'll be back, he said, caressing Emily's belly. Kate's family lives here, and they don't strike me as the sort of people who are going to pick up and leave. And you could always come visit Metamore, Kate suggested. If you like trying new things, you'll never get bored there. Emily giggled. Yeah? You wouldn't mind having me come crash on your couch? Kate looked at her with undisguised lust, and her voice dropped half an octave. Who said anything about a couch? She purred. The hand that had been rubbing Emily's ass reached between her legs to stroke her labia. Emily squirmed happily and kissed her again. The two women's tongues danced, and John saw Kate's cock beginning to stir. Any thoughts of a second round were interrupted by a loud scream coming from downstairs, not a cry of ecstasy, like Emily had made a short time ago, but a full-throat, spine-chilling sound of terror. Kate froze, her whole body going tense. A second scream followed a moment later, and she sprang into action. She found her pants where they had fallen, dug through the pockets for her badge, and pulled her casting dagger from its sheath. Gesturing with the Arthana, Kate muttered the words of a spell— a flash of blue-green light rippled out from the blade and covered her body. When it faded, she appeared to be wearing her formal policewoman's uniform, dark blue with gold accents, adorned with an assortment of service and commendation ribbons, and her silver lieutenant's bars. She gestured again, and her skin changed back to its human color. Her tail stuck out from the back of the illusion field, so Kate wrapped it tightly around her torso, hiding it beneath the glamour. The whole process had taken only a few seconds. Wait here, she told Emily, then opened the door and ran for the stairs. And that's the end of chapter 15. 
What sort of trouble will Kate and John find downstairs? And what will it mean for Chase and Emily? Find out next week. I'm recording this episode on July 18th, at the same time as the outro for episode 241. As a result, I don't have a new writing report this week. Come back next time and I'll tell you how things have been going. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author Chris Lester. The fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2019 and 2020 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.